1: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday
2: edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Team Canada was upset by Serbia in the semifinals, and it dashes the hopes of a perfect finals. What did we learn from this upset loss from SGA, Lou Dort, and during this FIBA World Cup run? Plus, we're going to grade your takes on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, me, member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Pod. Email the show, Pod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by FanDuel. SGA could not overcome the slow start. Team Canada gets upset and we're grading your hot takes. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. New customers can bet $5 to get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduelcom lockdown to get started today. FanDuel, of course, has football, but also as a quick aside, Mark Degnault is the run, uh, front runner for Coach of the Year according to FanDuel. So, if you believe in in that, you can go place a little scratch on FanDuel. But ultimately, things are not going swimmingly on this Friday. You know, you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, brew some coffee, put on the red polo to support Team Canada. You try to do your part, and Team Canada gets upset by Serbia. It was all in front of them, and it was all in front of us, frankly. Sunday could have been this glorious day where you have team USA with all their NBA firepower and team Canada with their NBA firepower going to war for a gold medal at around eight o'clock central. By the time that game ends, you're setting your fantasy football lineups, looking over survival pools, which by the way, uh, commanders lock it in against Josh Dobbs and then you're rolling into a full slate of NFL games. Could have been a wonderful Sunday. But you know what they say. You don't always get what you want. Sometimes things are too good to be true. And that was the case in this scenario. Still waiting to see if Team USA will advance to the championship. They're right now playing Germany. But Team Canada is gone uh, in terms of gold medal contention. They will play, of course, on Sunday still for a bronze. But... It'll be another day of waking up at 3 a.m. Uh, to finish out this tournament run for everyone in the central time zone watching Team Canada. But ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, this was a fantastic run for Team Canada. You get to play for a medal, punch your ticket to Paris, uh, and it's still one of the better runs in their you know club history, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But you do come into this tournament as the second best odds to win it Upset in pool play, upset now in the semifinals against Serbia. And what happened in this game was fairly simple. Team Canada got punched in the mouth first. They got off to a slow start. And Serbia capitalized on every single crevice of an opening. Okay, they never wavered. They never buckled. You know, Team Canada could get it down to 10. They could they could go on a, a, a mini spurt. And each mini spurt, there was a retaliation from Team Serbia to get it over the hump. And the players on Team Serbia, of course, they're not like NBA names besides Bogdanovic and, and, and Jovic. Uh, the other guys, they still were flat out ball players. They were incredible in this game. And you you, you just have to see the firepower that they have, especially whenever you consider that uh, when fully healthy, they're going to add Michic, they're going to add Jokic, they're going to add Poku to that team. So it, 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 this is not a fluke or one and done or a miracle run. From Serbia. They're going to be incredibly good uh, continuously in the FIBA World Cup. Uh, But at the end of the day, in this game, Team Canada did not rebound very well. They found themselves in foul trouble early and often. They let up uh, points in transition off bad, 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 bad turnovers, and they could not stop a nosebleed. They could not do anything defensively, and that foul trouble dates also to SGA, who... Uh, had to, of course, sit on the bench at times without trouble, and that put a halt to an offense that was already not flowing particularly well. Uh, you've got to give it a lot of credit to Team Serbia. They defeated SGA the best of this entire tournament, so credit to Serbia for taking out one of the most lethal scores in the world, frankly, um, in SGA. They played him very aggressively. They didn't really allow him room to breathe, and the, the thing is that, that they got that, that Serbia uh, was fortunate in, in, in the sense of they did everything right in SGA, SGA did everything right in the sense of not forcing the issue, uh, looking for the the, the best opportunity uh, for his teammates. And for all the firepower that, that Team Canada has in terms of NBA talent, uh, they didn't produce. Uh, the, quite simply, R.J. Barrett, Kelly Olenek, those guys you know, did not produce. Lou Dort did not produce in this game. Uh, it, it was just, uh, you know, not a game that you that you like to see if you're if you're Team Canada because it just felt like there were a lot of missed opportunities and it felt like for as good as Serbia did play, a lot of the stuff was were things that you could clean up. It, it was it was you know Serbia splits the difference in a free throw pair, but they get the rebound put back and one. So I mean that goes uh, completely haywire in just one single possession. Uh, the lack of defense in this one, the lack of interior uh, just production. From team canada in general has to get cleaned up but uh, they were just you know in a vacuum rj barrett you know the stat line looks good but he missed some timely uh opportunity you know some timely shots uh it was not a good game from lou dort offensively at all uh, dylan brooks of course was dylan brooks you know it was a, a little bit of a, a hit and miss thing from dylan brooks uh, and his, his three pointers were not otherworldly. Still good, 38 percent, but like not otherworldly. And when those things happen, and you have SGA limited, and you have SGA uh, defended as well as you can defend them, then that's a recipe for an upset. And 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 you said it early on. You saw it early on, and it ultimately came true. But they were flat out outplayed. Team Canada was. And Shea tried to make the right plays. You know, didn't force the issue, and it led to a stat line where he still has really good efficiency. 15 points, nine assists, two rebounds, three steals, only two turnovers in uh, a block. And in this game, he shot 50% from the floor and uh, went to the free throw line and made seven out of nine attempts, but he didn't get to the line uh, a ton in this one. And he didn't get a ton of opportunity to shoot the ball from the floor. Only eight shot attempts from the floor uh, because of how hounding that defense was. And so sometimes this is going to happen. Uh, sometimes, you know, you wonder if there was chances where Shea could have forced the issue and sacrificed some efficiency for the sake of, um, you know, being the best player on the court and, 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 and trying to take over the game. But ultimately I would, you know, lean with the, the decisions that he made throughout this game to continue to put trust into uh, RJ Barrett and continue to put trust into uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker and these other NBA guys and, and, and hope that eventually uh, that, that it would all come together and the, and the, Discouraging part was it felt like the the punch in the mouth in the first quarter was all she wrote for for this game because there were moments in time where it looked like Team Canada could have possibly gotten back on the right track and it just never all came together perfectly and sometimes that's just the deal like sometimes it's just a night where things aren't going to come together perfectly and you've got to flush it and move forward uh, and another overarching theme of this game for Team Canada a lot of them and pretty much every player on this team looked exhausted just absolutely exhausted and at some point that catches up to you and at some point you're not going to have your best stuff and in this game they didn't have the best stuff Uh, just if this game is played uh, nine more times I think that team Canada probably wins at least at least five six seven eight of them but they did not win this one today and Serbia played excellent not only did they play excellent but they played timely it goes back to what we discussed with RJ Beer. where like his stat line looks good, but there were some timely, timely missed chances. Uh, him and Kelly Olynyk, timely missed chances that 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 the scoreboard doesn't tell the full story. Uh, Serbia, on top of playing extremely well, they always capitalized on the chances that 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 Canada uh, opened up for them. So they took advantage of Canada's mistakes while playing extremely well themselves. And this Serbia team is going to be incredibly fun to follow just throughout this process. Again, only two NBA guys really. On the court for them today, but they have a lot more coming down the pipe whenever they're healthy. And the guys, even that weren't NBAers, were still insanely talented. So it was a lot of fun to watch this game unfold. Sadly, for Team Canada, you know, it, it does not end in punching your ticket to the uh, finals on Sunday, but they'll still play Sunday. They will have a, a bronze medal game on Sunday to kind of see if they can medal in this tournament. And we'll, we'll talk on Sunday about that game. We'll talk, you know, grading each and every player who played in the FIBA World Cup for the Thunder um, on, on Sunday as well. But we're also going to grade your takes today. But that's just kind of, uh, to sum it all up, it was one of those games for Team Canada. And you're going to run into those games uh, every now and then in your basketball career. And this was one for Team Canada. But I do want to tell you right now, but our good friends over at FanDuel, you can run into FanDuel right now because it's opening weekend of the NFL and we had our first NFL game on Thursday and American Summer Sportsbook is FanDuel to help you out betting on NFL games. If you go right now, new customers can bet $5 to get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed, win or lose. If you're a new customer, you go to FanDuel.com slash you bet $5, you get $200. And bonus bets win or lose. Now, that's not all. If you're saying, well, I've already made my FanDuel account, that's fine. If you go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown, then you have a chance to all customers. You bet that $5, you know, that $5 entry, and you're going to get $100 off of NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube or YouTube TV, whichever platform you want to sign up on. It's a great deal, uh, all for depositing $5 into your FanDuel account. So, right now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. And you can bet on everything from the spread to player props to over-unders, money line, parlays, everything you want to do at FanDuel, they have it at your fingertips. So go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. As the NFL season kicks off, you will not want to miss this offer as FanDuel is the official partner of On and the NFL.
0: Hi, I'm Jake from On.
2: We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is now round two of grading your takes this week. We had a ton of submissions. We've had to break it up into two parts. You can submit these on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. You can submit them on the text line at 405-963-3686. So just text 405-963-3686. 405-963-3686. We'll sign you up for subtext and you can get some behind-the-scenes content, some uh, information, some uh, front-of-the-line questioning and front-of-the-line hot takes, and also just talk basketball in general and know whenever every episode goes live onto your feeds. So you can do that as well as comment on YouTube, Locked on Thunder on YouTube and anywhere else you get your podcast from. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. We're here for you. Talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe as we kick this thing back into five uh, day a week grinds uh, soon, as we're about to start another season of NBA basketball. This first one will give you a taste of how this segment works. OKC Skittles, his hot take is that the Thunder will win at least one game this year. Well, on our five pepper scale, there's a 0.5. That's half a pepper. They're obviously going to win one game this year. Now, at Micah Thunder eighty four has a lot of takes and they progressively get hotter. The first take is extremely tame. It's almost as tame as OKC Skittles' hot take. SGA will be an All NBA first team member again, uh, and it'll push him into the top eight in the league conversation by the end of this next season. I'll do a one point five. I think that he's already uh, you know hovering into that top ten conversation, uh, but for the majority of NBA fans who paid attention last year. Another year doing it as a as a first team All NBA player is not out of the realm of possibility, and if he does accomplish that, uh, then I think that he can move up the pantheon of you know, being close to top eight uh, or in the top eight discussion. Uh, it's kind of a arbitrary line and kind of a hard thing to measure because I've I've seen you know just from personally browsing Twitter, I've seen there, that there's times where someone will tweet out that Shay's top ten in the league, and there's no one arguing it. Sometimes someone will tweet out Shay's top ten in the league, and then there's a billion people that are just stunned by that, by that opinion. So uh, it's always going to be subjective. It's always going to be tough to, to measure if it, if he truly is top whatever, when you get into splitting hairs of top five, top eight, top 10, whatever a guy ends up being. But in general, for the, for the broader sense of this take, it's a, it's a fairly tame hot take to start us out 1.5 on the pepper scale. Now the next one, Josh Giddy will have a small improvement. It's a slow burn for his development. I'm gonna say that this is a, a 3.1 because you could absolutely see that the progression from Josh Giddy might um, you know, on the basketball reference page look like it's just a small bump the way it did last year. But I think that you know, whenever you follow this team and watch this team play night in and night out, I think that Josh Giddy will have one of those seasons where it's undeniable how much better he's he's gotten. And I think that it'll show up in the basketball reference page also, because I think that part of how He's going to improve. Is number one, he's going to be a much better rim finisher this year, in my opinion. Number two, we've seen it at FIBA. He's going to get to the line somewhat more. I mean, uh, he, he, even if he does not reach his FIBA heights of like six attempts a game, that's that's asking a lot of of him. Going to, you know, three, four, you know, going to four attempts a night would be awesome for him. He, his career NBA average is one point seven, so you know it, he will improve. Uh, just flat line will improve getting to the line this year, and that will uptick his his points per game average. He's gotten a better roster around him, especially with that pick-and-roll threat of Chet Holmgren uh, to help him boost those assist totals. We know he's going to always, always, always rebound the basketball, and I think that in FIBA he showed some better team defense uh, off-ball stuff uh, defensively, which maybe can, again, uh, with the addition of Chet, kind of even further hide his role defensively to where he can really – excel in some of that off-ball stuff as he's hidden on other players uh, with a traditional center in the paint, you know, we're center big man in the paint for OKC. So uh, I, I get what you're saying here with the slow burn aspect of it, which is why I give it a 3.1, but that's just kind of my two cents on it. J-Dub will also have a similar uptick in year two as Josh Giddy did. Now, I'm going to give this one a 2.5 because I think that his progression this year is one that might not be evident to you know a casual observer to someone who watches you know his his points per game or rebounds per game. Now I'm not going to limit him and say it can't be a huge boom year because it, it really can for J Dub, but I think that J Dub will ultimately, uh, statistically speaking, have a relatively similar year to what he had as a rookie. But the comfortability, the aggression level, and the and the overall impact on the game, I think, will improve this season. But it's going to be something that you have to kind of uh, have with the "quote unquote" eye test versus uh, just simply looking at at stats from from year to year. So I do think that stats from year to year might be a smaller uptick. But we saw Josh Giddy's stats be a smaller uptick this year from from uh, rookie year to sophomore year. I think that you can see the same for Jada as a stat-wise, but overall impact, I still think he's going to have a big jump. Uh, Chet Holmgren wins rookie of the year. This is a flat three because he's you know it's not a hot take. I think that he I think that he has enough supporters and enough people who think this that it's not a hot take. It's also not a cold, you know, a a, a, a obvious take because obviously it's gonna be tough to knock off Victor Omanyama. It's just a matter of will this happen or will this not happen. And and I think that you're totally within uh the realm of possibility on whichever direction you go. If you believe that no matter what happens, as long as Victor steps on the NBA floor, the votes are already in for him for Rookie of the Year. I can't much argue that based on the history of the voting for this award. Now, uh, if you think that Chet will just be so dominant that he deserves and, and, and eventually grabs hold of that Rookie of the Year, I could also very realistically see that path as well. Now, this is the hottest take so far. The OKC Thunder make the playoffs easily 4.8 on the five pepper scale. And that is no knock on the Thunder. I think that the Thunder will make the playoffs this year. I really do. But easily, I think that there's like one or two Western Conference teams who can say that they will easily make the playoffs. I think that the... That if you're saying making the playoffs is in like the top six seed, obviously not the play in, easily make the playoffs of top six seed. The, the, the majority of those spots, you know, three through, uh, you know, six will be determined by a game or, or a game and a half max. So, like, I wouldn't consider that that l- little of a swing to be easily. So, that, that word is what's throwing me off here with, and why I give it such a bold, hot take, uh, pepper scale at A underscore Canadian. OKC okay, will drastically underperform on national TV games. I'm going to give this a 4.3, and I'll put it below the easily playoffs thing just because, I mean, sure, with more national TV games, uh, you could see the opportunity for them to, to, to underperform. But just based on last year's small sample size, that Miami game, uh, I wouldn't say that they underperformed. They played a little bit tight in the in the first half of that game. The refs awarded Miami 40 free throws, which is not much the Thunder could have done about that. Uh, it was just one of those nights from the officiating aspect of things. And they narrowly lost to the Heat, who ended up going, of course, on a miraculous playoff run. But we also saw the, the, the Thunder last year play LeBron James. Like, like, re- let's remember the magnitude of this game. You're playing LeBron James. the uh, By far away, the NBA's, you know, poster child, you know, leader of the NBA, Uh, just cult hero, icon, arguably the best player of all time. Uh, You know, just everything that LeBron James is an icon, like everything that he is on the night that he is going to set the all-time scoring record for this league, a record that many thought would never be touched in the history of this league. You're playing in his, you know, arena in LA, which by the way, he's playing in LA, under the bright lights in Staples Center or Crypto, whatever it's called nowadays. All the stars are out. All eyes on on, on this game. You had a 10-minute intermission to to celebrate this this great accomplishment and still end up winning that basketball game. After, by the way, that 10-minute intermission, I think that people forget the Thunder blew their lead. Like the like that, that stoppage immediately after that, the Thunder blew their lead. It was a tie game. And then the Thunder gained that lead right back and, and actually end up winning the game. So, so I, I think that we have enough sample size to where the reason why I get this as a four is I don't think that this is true. I think that the Thunder are going to perform well in nationally televised games. The Thunder have a young core who will care about playing on national television still, who who embrace playing on national television and kind of uh, get up for it. Whereas other teams, you know, they've been there, done that. It's nothing, it's, it's no different to them. So to say, if you're playing on an ESPN Friday game or if you're playing on, uh, you know, NBC uh, san francisco on a thursday it doesn't really matter uh, at the end of the day to like the warriors for example whereas the reason i think that the thunder will not underperform is i think that it'll still matter for them uh on national tv so you know sure you could see them uh, underperforming on national tv you know because you always have uh the, the the sense that it gets officiated a little bit differently and uh, you know and typically you're not going to load managed uh players on national tv the nba really discourages that so then it gets you know makes your life harder as a younger team against an older team. But ultimately the Thunder have proven they're going to play hard and well every game, but especially on national TV. So another one that has a ton of different takes. So we're going to break them up from Roger SGA and J-Dub average in the mid twenties. This is a 4.5. That is a six point jump from J-Dub alone. Uh, And, and, it's not that J Dub in a in a vacuum of just one player, J as a player, could absolutely average in the mid twenties. Like just uh, eventually in his career, he will do it. He even could do it. It's not a remote possibility. He could do it next year, just on his own merit, on his own accord of skill level. The issue is, it's going to be a, a a selfless offense with also the heavy doses of SGA in, in the isolation, as we know. Uh, but you're also incorporating shots to Chet Holmgren. You're also incorporating, I think, more opportunity for Josh G to shoot the ball, uh, especially inside the yard, because he works on that mid-range as he works on, uh, you know, scoring at the rim, etc. And you have a guy in who who is is to this point in his career singularly focused on making the right play. So what I mean by that is you know, he's not going to to pass up a great shot for his good shot. So if someone on the floor has a great opportunity to score, he's going to get them the ball. Whereas other guys maybe take a good shot and and pass, you know, and look off a great opportunity for someone else. So that of course changes things. The shot diet of this team might not allow for a six point improvement. And so that's why I think that counting on it would be a a hot take. You don't stop there though. We got to crank this up to 47 because your next hot take is Isaiah Joe and Josh Giddy Both average 15 points per game. The reason why this is a, a 4.7 and arguably a 5 is just taking Isaiah Joe alone. Isaiah Joe, again, off the bench. So he's already in a reduced role versus what we just talked about with J-Dub. Off the bench, has to average you know so many more points because he has to average six more points just like J-Dub does. So, you, so in this scenario, you believe that J-Dub will have a six-point improvement. Isaiah Joe will have a six-point improvement. Josh Giddey will get to 15 plus points per game as well. Uh, and SGA, of course, will, will be in the mid-20s or, or leap up to 30. I guess that the way that you're offsetting this is you bring SGA down from 30 to the mid-20s, you bring J-Dub up, you bring Joe up six points, you bring Giddy up a little bit. But still, that's a lot of of scoring. It's a lot of uh, moving and shaking for a team that will have a pretty uh, spread out shot diet around this team. Now, this is probably the hottest, the hottest take we've seen so far, and this is again from Roger. This take is going to, to have way more than five peppers. At a minimum, we are doubling up to 10 peppers. Me personally, I think we should go to 30 peppers for this hot take. Roger says that Lou Dort will finish this season shooting 80 plus percent at the rim this is the hottest take we've ever graded from a fan ludort's career high rim finishing for his entire career is 56 percent we have a very large sample size that ludort is an awful rim finisher as a matter of fact He's been close to the very worst rim finisher in the entire NBA multiple times, including last year. And while I think that his rim finishing will improve this year and you hope so anyway, you're not going to jump from 50% to 80%. I think he can even make the jump from, from worst in the league to respectable. I think that, I think that even that massive leap and massive Canyon can be accomplished. 80 plus percent. You know, I just don't see it. I do not see it at all. Coming up, though, we'll continue grading your takes. I've got to take a break after handing out 30 peppers to one hot take. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late
0: season drama.
2: We're back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Team Canada did get upset. USA clinging to a one-point lead at halftime right now as we record this. You already know the answer uh, to that game, so I apologize for bringing it up even. But nonetheless, we're grading your hot takes right now after discussing the Team Canada loss to Serbia. And Roger just hit us with the massive hot take of Ludor having an above 80% rim finishing uh, season. Martin, though, is trying to to vie for that spot as the hottest take with the opinion that the Thunder would be the best team in the West, the very best team in the West, if they simply had a Jeremy Grant-like player. This Thunder team is going to be really good. This Thunder team has the potential to be championship-level good. This Thunder team has the ingredients. This Thunder team is also incredibly young. This Thunder team also has not made it out of the first round without Kevin Durant on their roster. This Thunder team has never experienced a playoff series with this core, and a lot. You know, there's only one player on this entire team, uh, you know, in the sense of like the young core, obviously not including Davis Bertans or uh, anyone like that. But like of this core, only one player has experienced the postseason that was not in Disney world and that's SGA as a rookie who did have to play golden state. And that was a, it, that was a furious and uh, and kind of intense environment, but still that's one guy of this entire core, who's played in the playoffs that were not in a controlled environment with no fans. Cause remember you know, the first round uh, of that Disney world bubble, that there was no fans and not even any family at that point yet uh, because there were so many, of course, people in the bubble because there were so many teams left. So, uh, that was just a, a non, it was a playoff environment, it, but, it, but it was, it wasn't the real feel. It wasn't, it, there was no traveling involved. There was no hostility involved. Uh, it just, it just wasn't the same. So it was as if it was a, a null and void kind of uh, experience to a, to a degree. So the fact that they would jump to be the best team in the West, if you're, if you're saying as in uh, you know, like they would be the favorites to win the West, I think that that is a leap. Because I do believe in having to go through the battles, having to, having to, having to learn, having to grow together and endure some playoff losses and endure uh, some, some failures to know how to adjust. And, and the thing is right now, uh, we can all get carried away. I'm not excluding myself in this. We can all get carried away and everything's going to work out and everything and everyone's going to hit and everyone's going to hit their ceiling and everyone's going to progress and everybody's going to uh, be incredible. At the end of the day, the honest truth is not all these guys are going to hit their ceiling. Not all these guys are going to be the best versions of themselves uh, and, 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 you, and maximize their skill sets in Oklahoma City. And also, not all these guys are going to translate to playoff basketball. We see it with every core every year throughout the history of this league. We see it where like there's certain guys that play really well in the regular season. And it doesn't translate to the NBA playoffs because the game's different. It's officiated differently. It's a slower pace and so on and so forth. So like, we don't even know what this team lacks. We don't even truly know what this team needs to address. There's a, there's a small baseline for, Hey, Chet will help you uh, protect the rim, which is a a, a lacking area of the game. Chet will help you stretch the floor, which is another lacking area of the game. But then we have to see uh, what holes need to be filled come playoff time. You know, whenever you see Josh Goody play in the playoff series, when you see Lou Dort play in a playoff series outside of the bubble, when you see SGA lead a team as a leader, as a number one option in the postseason, and how teams defend him and how teams try to uh, eliminate him from games and so on and so forth. So like this team, as much as it's very exciting right now, this is the most exciting season uh, you know of the last half decade plus uh, upcoming this year they're still not just a Jeremy Grant away from being the best team in the Western conference at cam says that Usman Jang will have a major contribution role this year. And of course, with that have a very nice improvement from his rookie season. I'm going to give this a, a three because it's not as though it's guaranteed to happen, but I personally believe it will happen. So I kind of agree with the take. So I I, I can't really give it and justify giving it a, a, a ton of peppers. So I say a three because just you know being around Usman Jing at those couple of community events and, and hearing about his offseason, I, I do believe that this is a guy who uh, can develop very, very you know closely and, and and very very quickly. And as as a 6'11 guy who can play make a little bit, who can finish at the rim and play finish and who can defend at his clip, if he does progress to the area I think that he can this season, then he's gonna be a force to be putting in that rotation. Uh, especially for a coach who really leans heavily defensively. Usman Jang is going to be a really good defender and, and, and um, a, a prime defender for, you know, the, the modern NBA as a, as a switchability has always been on display. That's one thing is about his rookie year that never got lost. You know, his rookie year uh, he, he was even having possessions where he, he was able to lock up Steph Curry on certain opportunities. So like, it's, it's going to get there for Usman Jang. And I think it can be this year. I think they can be one of those massive year one to year two leaps, but uh nonetheless, I think it'll be a rotational piece for OKC. At Giddy Muse says the Thunder will be a three seed with 54 plus wins. So NBA 2K24 dropped, and we'll go through an entire season and simulate it and see what they think. But I did do one quick pass-through simulation, and the Thunder were the second seed with like 52 wins uh on their record. So this is similarly to the 2K simulation. Now Giddy Muse let's break this down into two different categories. The three seed, I'm going to give it a 3.7. I don't think it'll happen, but like if you told me, Hey, I know for a fact the thunder are the three seed, it wouldn't just blow my mind and just like make me just combust. There's a path to it. Just like, you know, the Kings were able to surprise the world and be a three seed last year. Um, Now uh, being the three seed, I give, you know, a 3.8, 54 plus wins. I would give a 4.9. I think that, I think that that would be a a huge win total um, for this Thunder leap. And I think that if they were to make the three seed, it would be uh, a lower win total year, just in general with the parity of the Western conference and the competitiveness of the Western conference. So uh, I I would take the under on that. Uh, But, you know, technically speaking, I could see a pathway for them to be a three seed. Uh, Internet Hall of Fame, SGA wins Clutch Player of the Year. Two peppers, you know, 2.1 peppers. Uh, he absolutely can win Clutch Player of the Year. And the Thunder, if they're going to win a lot of games, will likely win a lot of them close. And he's your guy to lead you out of close games. So, you know, 2.1 peppers there for SGA being a Clutch Player this season, you know, winning the Clutch Player Award this season uh, as part of the new NBA Awards. And then Christian says OKC will upset their first round matchup. This is another four, four point three on the scale, just because again they haven't won a playoff game since Kevin Durant was in town, you know, a playoff series since Kevin Durant was in town, and I just think you've got to go through the war. I just think that they're going to get to the playoffs. I think that they're going to get into the dance, but you've got to go through the through the mud and 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 grow from that experience. Now maybe the Thunder team can buck that, and maybe the Thunder team can. B one that just shocks uh, their first playoff series into in the supersonic speed and they win a playoff round or two. Uh, but I, I think that when you factor in the, the totality of their inexperience uh, and, and and their youth, I will still go with uh, losing in the first round, in a very competitive series and a, and a great season to build on as of this very moment. So if you didn't hear your hot take yet, they're still coming. There was a ton of answers to this one. So on, on Sunday, what we're going to do is uh, wrap up the hot take and then we're going to open the mailbag podcast. So we're going to wrap the hot takes. So we're, what we're going to do in order is recap Canada's medal game, uh, recap FIBA just in general of grading every single player, Josh, Shea, Dort, Jack White, Davis, all those guys uh, just recap them, grade them for their world cup run. Give the last few hot takes, And then Tuesday, we'll open up the mailbag for your questions and just continue to roll here at Locked on Thunder. We are are almost back. It it is almost the NBA season, so stay tuned for that as well. It's the most exciting NBA season that we've ever covered here at Locked on Thunder with me as the host. So uh, I hope that you will join us for the ride. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast at